Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today, we are joined by Julianne Eyre, longtime Edgewater resident and founder and director of Pivot Arts. Established in September 2012, Pivot Arts connects innovative arts partners and programming and supports artists through their incubator program. Now in its sixth year, the Pivot Arts Festival is a celebration of contemporary performances and multidisciplinary works presented throughout Chicago's Uptown and Edgewater neighborhoods and kicks off next week, running June 1st through June 10th. Welcome, Julianne. How are you today? Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you here in studio at Transistor Radio. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. What is your background and have you always been involved in the performing arts? Sure. So I grew up in Chicago, in the Chicago area, in Oak Park, and started doing theater at Oak Park River Forest High School. Um, So I've been involved in the performing arts for a long time. And then as an adult, uh, directed plays, went to Northwestern, got an MFA in directing. And then after that, I ran a theater company, Greasy Joan and Company, for a while. Started Pivot Arts, as Laura mentioned, in 2012 and really focus now more on creative producing. Excellent. So where did the idea for Pivot Arts come from? And what has the journey been like along the way? So Chicago has a lot of dance companies, has a lot of theater companies, and we founded Pivot Arts to kind of bridge the gap. Like you said, we do multidisciplinary works, um, kind of getting people out of their separate silos Um, We are also trying to fill a void in Chicago for more contemporary performances, things that aren't just straight, realistic plays. There's a lot of theater companies here doing fabulous work of new plays, realistic plays, but there aren't as many companies in Chicago that focus on multidisciplinary works. And what I mean by that is works that might contain movement, music, text, but you wouldn't necessarily call them like strictly dance or strictly theater. They're kind of a combination of elements. And so that's really why we founded Pivot Arts. Um, The other sort of core value of ours is that we're a community organization. We're based on the what we call the far north side of Chicago. We do events in Andersonville, in Uptown, Edgewater, a little bit in Rogers Park. And just being part of this community, we work a lot with local businesses. We work with a lot of different community partners. And we're really trying to amplify the arts in these neighborhoods. We bring people here from outside of these neighborhoods to come and see performances. That helps local businesses. People want to see a show. They want to go out to dinner. We also provide then opportunities for residents to see performances kind of right in their backyards. Um, So we're both uh, like supporting innovative arts, but also helping the community by having performances up here. Can you tell us a little bit more about those community partners? Who are they and would our listeners recognize some of their names? Definitely. So we work with chambers of commerce like yourself and (laughs) up in Edgewater and uh, Uptown United as well. And also uh, Alderman Osterman has been a longtime supporter of ours. He's the one that introduced us to Loyola University. We have an arts incubator that's running right now at Loyola. Um, We mentor their students in exchange for in-kind donation of rehearsal space. Artists are creating new, unique, multidisciplinary works at Loyola. Um, So Loyola has been a huge partner. And then we partner with a lot of businesses. We sometimes have performances right in local businesses like Lickety Split, Custard and Sweets, Francesca Bryn Mawr. We just had our festival preview party there. 
So we often, uh, Uncommon Ground, we had a whole live talk series there. The Hop Leaf sponsored one of our live talk shows up in their party room. So we often partner directly with businesses and put performances in a business. So people are buying food, drinks, custard, um, and also seeing a show. So you mentioned your live talk performances. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Sure. I love the live talk shows. They're just super fun. They're like a, exactly that, like a late night live talk show almost. Um, we usually get like a really entertaining host, like a stand-up comedian um, who kind of emcees the evening. We've often been at places like the Hopley for Uncommon Ground. People sit and have a drink, order some food, talk to each other. And then the programming is usually uh, curated around a certain theme. So like, for example, in January, our live talk show was about voting rights um, because of Martin Luther King's birthday being that week. And we had a whole bunch of music performances, um, quirky performances, comedians. Um, but then we also did a more serious discussion around voting rights with a panel. And then we do something called the Pivot DIY, where audience members are given a prompt and asked to do something uh, super simple, no pressure, usually not dragged up to perform. But it's a way for audiences to like talk to each other and have to engage in some kind of activity together, which I really love. And I'll say that about Pivot. Um, we do site-specific shows. We do shows that often like are in, what I mean by site-specific is that they're in spaces that aren't traditional theater spaces. So audiences engage with performances in different ways. Um, for example, last fall, we did a show uh, about refugees that was at Chinese Mutual Aid Association. So audiences like walked through Chinese Mutual Aid, had the experience of what it's like to come to this country as a refugee. And they also had to interact a bit with the actors. So they're not just sitting and watching a show, but they're kind of having a total experience. So the Celebrate Community Parade is a highlight of the festival and celebrates the uniqueness and diversity of our community. This year it takes place at Sun High School on Saturday, June 2nd and culminates with a performance by Walkabout Theater. We hear there are even some stilt walkers. Can you tell us a little bit more about bringing so many organizations together for the parade? Sure. So back in 2015, we started doing this Celebrate Community Parade as part of the festival. It's really a way to engage uh, diverse residents in what we do, uh, especially families and kids. Uh, most of our programming is for grown-ups, and so we wanted to throw in a couple of programs uh, into the festival that are all-inclusive, all-ages shows. Also, just our neighborhood is very diverse in terms of immigrants, refugees. Um, we wanted to do like a big free event that everyone could just show up for. And so we did a parade. Uh, again, we started in 2015. Um, so this is what the, the fourth year of the parade. And uh, Bear La Monkeys will be there, Storytown Improv, Dream Big Performing Arts Workshop, Merry Music Makers, uh, circus team. So there's lots of great local performing arts groups who are part of the event. And it's a very short parade. We're starting on Sen High School's baseball diamond, kind of parading through this park area that's really underused, which is really exciting to me. And uh, then we're going to end up at Sen Play Lot and their walkabout theaters doing uh, this site-specific show that involves um, these sculptural 
buoys that the Gene Gang studio architectural firm created for an event out at Navy Pier. So they're kind of being reused for this performance. So that'll be really fun. What other performances can folks expect at this year's Pivot Arts Festival? It's a really exciting year. We've taken a huge leap. We're bringing in a nationally known theater company from Austin, Texas called Rude Max. They're going to be performing for the first time in Chicago. They've toured all over the country. They've never performed in Chicago. So it's a rare opportunity for everybody to get to see their work. They will perform at Loyola University's Mundelein Center for the Arts on June 8 and 9. Then, like I said, we do these site-specific shows, and one I'm super excited about is at Colvin House, a historic mansion on Thorndale at Sheridan Road. Uh, There's a performance called Prairie School Architecture uh, by Corey Smith, and he, again, is an artist that's kind of genre-defying. He uses music, he's a composer, he's a mover, there's movement in it, and it's like this fantastical journey tour through this historic mansion. Do you know if they're going to be utilizing all levels? I know we've seen Colvin House. It's a gorgeous space. Um, do, do you feel like they'll use both levels of the, of the house? I think really the second level is mainly office space now. It's creative okay. co-working. So it's really going to be more in the traveling through the rooms downstairs and that grand staircase in the middle mm-hmm. of the space. Um, another show that's very exciting is Emmy Bean is doing a show called You're His Child that deals with uh, her past family, uh, the music talents of her family history. Um, and that's going to be at Chicago Filmmakers New Space on Ridge. And um, yeah, and then there's just 10 days of awesome works um there's a lot of really interesting discussions as well we're doing a discussion with rude max at the goodman theater on june 6 um i'm super excited about the lineup there's kind of something for everybody so can check out the festival lineup and and also we have a festival pass and a lot of these shows have deals where if you see one you get a discount on another um the Unicorn Hour was originally at the Neo Futurists. We're remounting it at Bar 63. You can see both the Unicorn Hour and Rude Max on June 8 and 9 and get a discount on Unicorn Hour if you buy Rude Max. So, Julianne, can you tell us about Broad Night on June 4th? Sure. That's a really interesting kind of performance slash discussion. Uh, there's two different artists. The lead artist on the first kind of short performances, Quenna Barrett, and she's created a work called The Boat Plays, which is based on abortion stories of youth in Chicago and state of Illinois. And then the other short performance is called The Doula Is In. It's a web series with Katie Collins, who is both an actress and a doula. And following short showings of each of these works, there's a discussion with the artists and also with Melissa Wyden, who's the board chair of Personal PAC, which is an advocacy organization for abortion rights. Um, The reason we paired both of these works together is I think there's often a lot of shame associated with abortion, with women's bodies, and shining a bright light on both of these subjects that there's nothing to be ashamed about, um, that it's okay to talk about your story. Um, women's bodies is kind of a key component of the evening. So you do touch on a lot of difficult topics like that. 
and he didn't mention Don't Look Back, Must Look Back, performed out of the Chinese Mutual Aid Association, um, which, you know, talked a lot about immigration and what immigration into America is like. Can you tell us a little bit more about that performance? Sure. I mean, part of what we do is we really want to be topical. We want to talk about issues that are in the news. Um, We decided to do a performance that was about Uptown in July 2016. And that was really going to be more about kind of interviewing residents of Uptown, talking about some gentrification issues. But after the election in uh, 2016, you know, with everything going on with refugees and living in a neighborhood where so many of our neighbors were being impacted, we shifted gears and wanted to create a performance that was really about the refugee experience. What is it like to apply to the United States? Um, We're not a political organization. We weren't trying to make any big political statement as much as just educate people. Like, what is it like to try to get into this country? So that was really the impetus for the show. We teamed up with, uh, partnered with Chinese Mutual Aid Association. They serve a lot of different refugees, um, from Africa, from Asia, from the Middle East, from Eastern Europe. And uh, they introduced us to several of their clients. So we interviewed several clients about their experience and then created a performance kind of inspired by their stories. And it was more of an interactive performance. So it did walk you through that experience. It took you into filling out forms, to being on a plane, to um, you know trying to get your citizenship. Um, do you plan to kind of produce any more works that are like that, interactive like that? Definitely. That's something that we're really interested in is engaging spectators in different ways. So our kind of model right now is in the fall, we do a larger site-specific work Uh, We do our live talk shows. We have our arts incubator program, and then it all culminates as the Pivot Arts Festival. So thinking back on all of the years of Pivot Arts, do you have a favorite moment or specific event that really stands out for you? There's been so many great artists that we've worked with. Muka Pazza, 28-piece punk marching band playing in this empty bank building on Wilson. They'll be at Midsummer Fest amazing. this year. Oh, good. Saturday good. night North Stage. Awesome. Well, that will be super fun. Um, you know, what was probably the most moving was the very first Celebrate Community Parade. We put puppet artists into Swift School where a lot of those Kids are refugees, um, don't have access maybe to arts programming as much as other kids, although there is a fantastic arts program at Swift. Um, At that time, we partnered with the arts teacher and we put two artists into her classroom. The kids brainstormed ideas for what they see in their community. We made these large-scale puppets based on their ideas. And then there was going to be a parade on the plaza at Loyola the day of the parade, it was the worst weather ever. Like it wasn't just raining, it was pouring. It was also incredibly cold and windy. And I just thought, oh gosh, there's nowhere to park near Loyola. Nobody's going to come to this event. So many people came. We moved it. We were texting, emailing, putting on social media, you know, the lo- rain plan, um, uh, it was inside the environmental sustainability building at Loyola, but I was so heartbroken because I thought, oh, these Swift kids, they're, they're just not going to make it. And it was kind of like, I don't know, like a, a wedding or something where like every time someone shows up, you're like, oh my gosh, you're here. <laughs> you know? And I was introducing um, 
some of the performances and, you know, we'd like spent all day, like we had all these vendor tables and everything. And I looked over and the principal of Swift and the art teacher had gotten about 15 kids on the train at uh, Thorndale, got them to Loyola and they showed up. And on a Saturday that a public school principal who's often beleaguered by all the issues in CPS and whatnot um, would take the time to bring all those kids to this event was just, it was so moving to me and I was just so happy that they were there. And that's actually a really great um, concept of art bringing us all together as humans. Mm -hmm. And I know as artists, that's what every all of us strive to do, right? Um, so why why is the... I know we've already touched on why art is important in your life, but why do you feel like it is important for these kids moving forward or just in general? Let's start with the Andersonville neighborhood. Why, why are the arts important to us as humans at our core? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple reasons. I mean, I think that we're actually quite isolated these days. Back when I was growing up... <laughs> or even 15 years ago, um, you know, there wasn't this kind of social media, there wasn't texting, Um, you would actually like pick up the telephone and talk to your friends. Um, I find these days, like, I don't talk to people on the phone anymore. You know, it's a quick text here and there, you feel like you're in touch with people. But like, human contact in a live space is so important. I'm sure we all have our favorite shows on Netflix and Amazon that we're streaming and can't wait to get home to. But you're still you're alone at home, which sometimes is lovely. But you know, getting people out in a space where they're not just kind of curating their friendships on social media and curating their lives, but have to be in a space where they're communicating with other people. I think is vital to our democracy. It's vital to us as humans. Um, and then, you know, the arts enable you to transcend reality and have an experience that isn't your own. Um, like the ref- the show about refugees, if you're not a refugee, you know, you've got to see the world through somebody else's eyes. Um, it's not always about just magnifying your own experience and it creates compassion, which is so important these days, you know, as everyone's saying, we're getting more and more in our separate silos. So how has the current political climate and funding cuts affected the arts from your perspective? Have you noticed a change since the administration changeover? We have the Republicans in Congress to thank for not cutting the NEA. (laughs) So ironically, our show in the fall, maybe don't tell Washington, (laughs) was 50% funded by the National Endowment for the Arts. And because of Republican control of Congress, it was up to them to not slash the budget. And I think the reality is what I just said. People love the arts. You don't have to be on one side of the aisle and one specific issue. The arts bring people together from all political areas of life. Um, That's why they're important. And for us, we're so, so grateful for both the city of Chicago funds us. Um, We just applied for our state of Illinois, Illinois Arts Council grant. Now that the budget's up and running again, they have funded us in the past and, um, And, you know, it's vital that they continue to do that. And the National Endowment for the Arts is critical to a lot of arts organizations' uh, survival. So we're grateful to have the support from, you know, both political parties. 
So now we are at the point in our episode where we like to ask our guests, if you could change places with one Andersonville business for a day, what would it be? I would really have to go with the neo-futurists. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. What would you like to do for them? Oh, you know, I think I'd want to be... Concessions. In, uh, concessions. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually think it'd be really fun to be in one of their shows. Yeah. Like Too Much Light. Um, they're great pals of ours. We collaborate with the neos all the time and um, help each other out. A lot of their artists are artists that we work with and they're just a fantastic theater company. So go out and see their work. Yeah. How can folks support Pivot Arts? If there are artists listening to this who want to get involved, what should they do? Well, first of all, everybody needs to come see the festival and I'm just going to plug it right here. Get on our website, Pivot. We're a pivot point, pivotarts.org. spell that? P-I-V as in Victor. <laughs> well, it's funny because sometimes people are like, Piven? I'm like, no, Piven's up in Evanston. We're Pivot. Right. Pivotarts.org slash festival. Uh, you can see the lineup there, get a festival pass, figure out what you want to see. I think the first thing for artists, audiences is to just know what it is we do. Um, for artists, uh, they can apply to our arts incubator program. We'll have applications again in the fall. And also uh, just let us know about your work like we generally curate uh, performers whose work we're familiar with well thank you julianne for joining us today and thank you for listening to always andersonville the podcast for more information about pivot arts like julianne said and their upcoming festival including the schedule of events please visit pivotarts.org show notes and more info can be found at andersonville.org Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.